and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And this is Chris. And today we are covering Essendon. Hey all. And Essendon have definitely got some uh, Supercoach relevant players this Especially year. Especially of late, yeah, definitely. Especially of late. They have a couple of new fancy recruits, Chris. Yes. And uh, they could bring a lot of fortune to some of you in the community this year. They are an exciting team to watch as well, which um, is is a lot better than the last sort of, what, six, seven years of Essendon yep. They play a fast, exciting brand, and if yeah. I have to hear Fantasia being screamed <laughs> by BT any more times... I love Arazio Fantasia! <laughs> it's like the soccer. So good, I love it. So, love it. look, Essendon, they have the round 13 bye. Um, they actually have a very challenging first half to the year, especially uh, considering where it opens up. So, from around uh, round 12... It opens up. So then they versed the Lions, Eagles, North, Collingwood, Suns, Frio, Hawks, and Saints. So, I mean, that really opens up, especially after that sort of round 12. Mm. Uh, I mean, I see the Eagles sliding quite a lot this year. That's just me. Um, so it definitely provides a good opportunity and a great sort of spot to upgrade your Hurleys and your Merits. Yep, definitely. Yep, so we might as well start with Hurley first of all. So he had a 12-point personal best in Supercoach in 2017. It's um, insane. He must have been really fresh from the uh, the <laughs> Never break. Never being on the park, I suppose that's probably why. <laughs> so, uh, but look, before that, um, you know, he did average pretty well the year before that, so he averaged about a 95 sort of mark. Um, but except for the last two seasons he's played, his highest average was 59, uh, so 85.9 points. So, and he's never really played a full season. So, I mean, look, Hurley... He's beware, isn't he? Well, he's yeah. only managed 20 games in two of his eight seasons. Yep. I mean, that just screams, like, be wary if you're, if you're asking me. If you're choosing Hurley in your starting team, ask why and then restart. That's all I've got to say. Reset. <laughs> Burn your computer, buy look, a new one. I just don't think that, like, his body's not there. It never has been. So, thinking that he will off back of one season be the number one super coach player this year, I think it's just too much to ask. Yeah, look, I think it's just maybe not so much as drastic as that, but look, provide provide a little bit of caution. But for me, I mean, he's definitely, you know, he could be a good scorer. He finished off with some really good scores. I mean, 12 of his last 20 games were tons. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, he's a good scorer, but at the same time, I think he's a perfect upgrade target yep. based on the draft that they have, so the teams that they're versing in the back end. Plus, he's also had a couple of end-of-season surgeries. So, my thoughts are tougher games, coming off end-of-season surgeries, and he had two of them. So, it's not yep. just like one. It's kind of like the Lockie Neal had multiple surgeries at the end of 2016. So, I think he'll start a little bit slower, and I think that that buy is a good time for you nice to actually bring... Time. Yeah, I think he'll you can bring him down. In. He'll have his down games. Look, I'll say that the one big pro from Hurley is he finally has a position. You know, they're, they're not really swinging him forward anymore. It's really, you are our centre-half back, and you're who we want to build our team around. And that's really helped his scoring out substantially. Um, I yep. don't like him forward. Um, and perhaps that's because for a long time while S- uh, Hurley's been with the team, they've really struggled to move the ball forward. Yep. But um, but he scored very impressively. I mean, yeah. you look at seven scores over 115, plus not to mention his final nine rounds, he actually averaged 110.3, which makes him hard to pass. And I can't see him coming off those end-of-season surgeries. I can't see him coming out with a flurry, especially when he's not really training too much as yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, he provides the perfect upgrade target. And um, I think, 
you know, you couldn't go much wrong with that. So, I mean, he had end-of-season wrist and hip surgery. So, yeah, he's been restricted he's until... He's a round the, 12 special, for And sure. he's been, yeah, on a restricted program until the start of this year. So, for me, he is a wait and purchase at the opportune time. Excellent. Um, and, look, uh, there's also been big talk, I think, uh, after his definitely best year, a year where I thought that he would go down because of all the influx and Joe Watson coming back, etc., um, I thought Merritt was not an option last year, but he 100% proved me wrong. Um, yeah, he backed it up. He's, he's he's very consistent. I mean, the second biggest seagull in the league, but, you know. Yes. <laughs> Behind. <laughs> Lucky Hunter. Lucky Hunter. The number one seagull around. Mate. That guy eats chips like it's going out of fashion. I'll tell you what, he'd be a great beggar, I reckon. <laughs> out on the street, oh, in the geez, city, sir, the city mall. You know, just please, sir. Can I have a can I have a, a possession? You know, like, can I have another stat to pad? Yeah, it's just hanging on. What I really want to do is I just want to chip it around the back line four times and get easy. Well, apparently Bontepelli has to take him everywhere he goes. <laughs> That's true. Just hanging off his, you know, hanging off his pockets, mate. So oh, I look, love, <laughs> I love watching him play because the seagull never fails to disappoint. So it's a running joke. The seagull, <laughs> the biggest seagull, lucky hunter. Ah, but Jeez, yes. Also, they, I mean, look, they do use merit. So here's the here's the thing. Yes, he is a bit of a seagull. Doesn't can't sniff out a contested possession, but they will get the ball in his hands every chance they get because he's uh, when he does kick, it's very very successful. He can pinpoint accuracy straight down the middle. It's amazing yep. to watch. And the so. reason his average is so high is because he is very consistent. I mean, he had one score below eighty, which is very promising. But at the same time. One score under 80, but he only had 12 tons, which isn't too bad. Uh, he did convert when he got them. So eight scores over 120, five over 130, um, and he had five scores in the 90s, which is pretty much why. So, you know, he's going to get you there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, definitely not a bad scorer. I don't necessarily think he's going to average more than what he did this year. So he's at the 109 mark. I'm putting him at a 110 cap. You know, I don't think he's got that extra legs in him, mainly because... He has he been tagged yet? He's going to be the guy that is going to get shut yeah, down. Yeah, he's some had point. some attention. I'm going to put yeah. him around that uh, 112 category just because yep. 12 is my favourite number. Okay, and I like to up you by two, so <laughs> it's uh, very competitive. It's very competitive. <laughs> just remember that uh, it was only last year that you won your first league. Just so you know. Just, yeah. Um, just, well, look, just letting the, yeah, Mer- the people Merit's, out there know. Merritt's a good vice captain option in draft in particular. Uh, so if he doesn't get you a ton, he gets close to it. Uh, he's young. He's durable, which is a plus. Um, you know, but like I said, at the back end, I mean, there was only a time where he had one ton in his last five games. So you take those aside, he actually did really well for most of the season and then kind of tailored away a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And look, at the end of the day, again, he's priced around that same price point that you're getting your Sloan, you know, which beautiful vice captain option or your Crouch. Um, Pendles is, you know, is 20k cheaper. You know, so you, you're not really going to get value out of him, even if he's going to go to 112. It's just not worth it. Chris, you've had your Collingwood post. <laughs> so. It's not all about Pendles. Everyone that's, oh, but Pendles is just 20K more or 20K less, or Pendles is 15K more. Well, what I'm saying is Pendles, Pendles, Pendles. Well, what, okay, well, what do you see about Heppel? Because a lot of people chose Heppel last year. I know. And, he started and off with a bang. He, he actually underperformed last year. So he's got a lot more to give, I think. And, um, I, yeah, first year is a really standout captain. You know, Job's not there anymore. It's going to be Heppel um, leading by example. I think he's awesome when he's on. Unreal to watch, too. I think it reminds me a lot of you, Chris, to be honest. I mean, not your hairstyle, because your, your, <laughs> your hair's really short and um, ageing. Didn't he cut his hair off? No, that was a joke. It was his brother. Oh, okay, cool. No, but the, the reason he reminds me of you is because he can't convert. 
<laughs> I mean, if you look at his scores, right, so he had 12 tons, okay, but out of those 12, he only had three scores that were 120 or more. So he gets on the park, he scores you 100, but the problem is he doesn't convert, he doesn't sort of lap that up, he doesn't take advantage when he's ahead. He doesn't really get those really big scores that you want from a premium. Yeah. And I think that's his biggest fault. Maybe that's just because he came back, but he really only gets you around that 104.1 um, or that sort of low 100 mark as far yeah. as average. And look, I mean, you, you take you know, Job as the as a perfect example. I think they play you know, very similar style of football, hard at it, hard-nosed, um, can get the ball in and around the packs, really respected. The problem is uh, the output at the end of the day. If he's a 105, 110 player, great. Job did that for most of his career. Fantastic. And he had that one year where he went yep. really big within the Brownlow year, 2012. Yeah, Heppel shows he's really kept around that 105. Yeah. And I don't see him getting much more of that. Unless he can start actually capitalising <laughs> on his good games, I think he's always going to be sort of capped just that 100, 105 sort of player. Yeah, people love, like, for some reason, just think that he's going to have a breakout. And I don't know why the reason is. If someone can explain to me why they think he is, other than just a gut feel, fantastic. But there's no evidence to support him having a breakout. It's just going to be that steady, steady as you go, good value for what he is, but you're paying what you are going to get out of him at the end of the day. Yep. And draft selection, you know, I think... Great draft. Well, yeah, and I think you'll expect him to average around what he has, which makes him good value. I mean, there's nothing worse than purchasing someone at overs and then they underperform, Mm -hmm. you know, a la uh, Hanabry. um, Or maybe uh, Brennan Goddard. Yes, or even a Trelaw, (laughs) a Trelaw who you got with pick 12. Didn't go so well. But, um, you know, look, I think another person who I'm really keen to see in Essendon colours would be uh, Devin Smith. Yes, I am very much looking forward to this, and he's on my radar. I think he should be on everyone's radar, but um, it really will depend on what the midfield mix is like at Essendon. I'm I still concerned. Know they know. I'm still concerned. I yeah. mean, they, they keep talking about him saying, look, yeah, he's going there because GWS had such a, a deep midfield and he's going to get midfield minutes and this, that, and the other, but he's still managing the knee soreness. He's still not actually performing and training at 100% yet. So it's very hard for me to put all this confidence in somebody who keeps on breaking down. One thing that he's got going in his favour is that he still scored quite well as a forward. A purely like forward pocket pressure player forward. So even if he doesn't have your midfield minutes, he still could average quite well. Um, but you really want to pick him if he's going to go into the midfield because... Yep. He will get numbers. And he's a tricky price. I mean, he's 439,000. He averaged 79.9 in 2017, but he did struggle with that knee soreness. Um, You know, I mean, look, in previous years, he averaged 91.2 in 2014 and uh, 89 in 2015. So he can definitely play. And this is a guy that was sort of pushed to the forward line a little bit in GWS. So I think Essendon play that sort of fast and attacking style of footy, and I think it could suit him. But at the same time, I want to see something promising. Could go top 10 forwards, you reckon? I think he could go definitely go top 10 forwards. He could average 92 to 95. But at the same time, I want to see something promising. And I want to see him out there performing before I sort of make that sort of gamble. So it's an upgrade target at at best? Or do you you see... No, no. Would you see him have a good JLT, see the roles and say, look, starting lineup, you're my D4? I think you have to start him or you don't. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. At that price point, I think... if you miss the train, then he's probably not going to be a top five forward to upgrade to, but he's he's that guy that you could probably have in there as your fifth to tenth forward. Correct. Or if he kind of lingers around but then starts to get some promise and his body's holding up and then that good run from round 12. Yeah, If he's cheap enough, you might want to make that move, hoping he has a 100-plus average on the back end, but at the same time, it's more of a wait and see for me. I do like him. I think he's promising. I think he has talent, and I think they can really utilise him, but at the same time... It's what the midfield mix is. I mean, everyone's playing midfield at... Essendon this year including Jake Stringer 
um, who again, like he could be anything, like the, the so-called package. He does have it all, and when he strings it together, he literally just dominates a game, and, and everyone follows him. But I mean, I'm still waiting for that package to arrive. <laughs> That's the, that is the problem, isn't it? Yes, I think I might have it addressed to uh, addressed to my old high school or something. Maybe I'll, maybe I would get it then. But um, look, yeah, you know, I think going back to Smith, I think even though people. You know, he had a bad year for himself, and I, I imagine his he wouldn't be too thrilled with you know, how he went, but he still had nine scores of 90 or above, and that's from his 16 games. So that being said, you know, he still will score well. I think if he gets on the park, he'll still go up in price. And, he's probably um, not going down in price, is he? No, I don't think he's yeah. going down. I don't think he'll go down on average either. I think he'll be really stoked for a new start, and yeah. um, I think they really want to utilise him. Yeah. So the, 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 the difficult choice is at that D4 mark, you've got these guys that are like the Walters, like your, your goies, your trackers, etc. They're all touted for midfield time, and that's the one you want to choose in your your, your sorry your F four. Yep. Don't so, blindly believe anything people say. Make sure you wait and see some evidence, and then see who's lined up in that team at the same time, and then kind of try and make a good yeah. um, educated be, educated guess. Would be my yeah. There might be a few people, and this is going to be really testy. But there's that round two uh, trades. After round two, once the dust has settled, people are actually playing in their real roles. Um, who out of that bunch is the best? If you chose correctly, fantastic. But there may be a sideways trade you might need to make at that point to get on the Petraka train or to get on the Dugowie train if, if they've already left because you don't want to have them bolt on you. See, I still don't know where uh, I sit with Zaharakis. I mean, yeah. you know, a good guy and he won that game against the Pies, I believe, is it Anzac yeah. Day? But, um, yeah, Zaharakis, yeah. Zaharakis! He's not really a gun, but he's definitely relevant, particularly in he draft. He gets tagged way too easily. If he's, if he's left open... He gets you your 130s. Well, he has some big games. I mean, he averaged 91.2, which was up from his 87 average of the year prior. Uh, but he, here's the impressive part. His final 15 rounds, he averaged 101.4, including 10 hundreds out of those 14 rounds. So he went over 110 six times, which included a yep. 120, uh, three 120s and a 130-plus. So He's not the sort of player that hurts you, though, does he? Like, he's not no. going to... Like, you'll probably have someone that's going to be equivalent or better... At the same time, I don't know in draft if I want to pick him at like a 91 average. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good player that you wouldn't mind sort of on the back end of your of your list, but at the same time, he could really easily go and push back down to a mid-80 average. You know, I don't see him... Well, he could be your last midfielder. He could be a bench spot as well. Yeah. But he's not someone that you say, oh, yeah, Zaharakis this year, because, again... What does the midfield look like at Essendon? Yeah, he yeah. has he has potential, but again, yeah, wait and see how they shape up. Maybe it but, opens him up, maybe it doesn't, and we there's no way to tell. Well, his average is really inflated by his back end, which again, the back end's promising, but at the same time, you know, I want to see how he how he starts. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, so next, we'll go with uh, Bell Paper Chambers, <laughs> yes. Mister Band Aid himself. Um, interesting fact, uh, sidebar: I actually met with um, Tom during the Essendon saga, where he's looking at buying a franchise. So. Um, <laughs> uh, he didn't know where the future took him, and uh, fortunately, it landed him back at the at the Bombers. But um, yeah, he's actually a really nice guy. Super tall. Was that a band aid? <laughs> intimidating. Was that a band aid franchise? Was it? <laughs> yes, it was. He, he wasn't going to be doing anything physical. Let's put it that way. <laughs> here's here's the thing, though. On paper, right? He averaged ninety one point eight, which might lead many of you to believe big things and how he did really well for Tom Bell Chambers. But he scored four nineties and four hundreds, which is pretty good. I'd say that's probably better than I expected. And um, but he also had a lot of low scores. He had a, a 57, a 58, and a 48, pretty much in a very much uh, like yo-yo year. And I think the lack of games that he didn't he didn't play a full season. So I think the smaller yeah, games were some games of, or something. Yeah, and some of those big games really inflated it out. Uh, particularly his last two rounds, where he scored a 128 and a 150. 
I know they want to get him into that number one spot. But I'm just not sure that his body is 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 going to be able to produce that for them. Um, the good news is that you know after the whole drug saga finished, etc. Um, he's finally he did get on the park for ten games, and maybe he'll be able to string together some con- continuity now. Uh, but having that much time of football, I think, really impacted some of those players. Um, others, such as Ryder, not so much. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he can get on the park and stay in the park this year. And look, he's a smoky for a late selection. I've got my radar on him for draft, just to, as a, a you know a last selection for a ruckman. Um, but he's not going to be my number one pick, and he's probably going to pick up, get picked up by someone who's look, not I'll, really followed anything. I'll tell you what, he's not on my radar for draft, and if anything, I've got my finger probably on the dial ready to call triple zero <laughs> because he could go down as quick as anyone in the business. Like he'll go, he'll go down faster than a soccer player getting like fringe clipped on the heel. Like I tell you what, he will. That's pos- he could it's possible. He could disappoint. Uh, for me, I try I'm, to stay. I away. look forward to the day where I literally draft in Tom Bell Chambers just to piss you off and he hits up like 120. No, you'd probably hurt me more picking up a yo and he gets a 150 <laughs> oh, against me one week. Yo's in my team, bro. Don't, don't no. get on the yo train. So yeah. speaking of one person, I can't. I don't know. Like he's, he's a funny one for me. I like him, but he's tall and gangly and yeah, he takes big marks, but that mo... Just, I don't know if I could support someone that no. um, that looks like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's his hipster, bro. It's fine. Look, he's very promising. Don't get me wrong. I think Joe he's Danaher, got a lot of talent. Way, Joe, Joe the Mo Danaher, uh, as I call him. So he increased his uh, super coach average by 17.2, coming from 2016 into 2017. Uh, look, he's definitely puts him in consideration, I think. Um, more of a draft selection than standard for my liking. But the sky is the limit. Um, so if he gets more delivery into that forward line, which he should, and the general improvement that he will have, I think there could be good things in the year of 2018 for Joe the Danaher. Uh, look, I I put Joe in a, in a category that I put a lot of key forwards into. He's going to have really good games. He's going to have some real average games. Um, for me, I don't like forwards that do that. Um, I mean, even JJK, I've never really got on board with the JJK train. But that's probably where he sits. He's probably in that sort of 85 to 95 realm in any given year. Um, I can't ever see him being a real top 10 selection um, and probably never going to be able to average over 100. Um, But he impacts games. He's fun to watch. So from a draft point of view, I love it. Um, I just don't really see him going crazy. Um, even last year, I think he was very close to the Coleman at one stage. and He was very close. He yeah. did well. He kicked probably as many behinds as he did goals. Yeah. Uh, but he did spend a little bit of time in the midfield as well, like tapping down, So and you know got some impressive goals running through. Uh, but look, you know he had 600s, 390s. Um, one fake mark of the year, but you know, but um, not, not even heard about that still, so it's good. But the funny part is, right, so he had <laughs> 600s, 390s, but that leaves 13 of his scores, so 13 out of 22 below 90 which means that there's definitely room to improve. But yeah. if you're looking and the at... the improvement comes from the whole squad. You know, the whole yeah. squad's got to improve. I think he's got the talent um, maybe to push that 95 barrier, but that's about it. Yeah. But with two-thirds of his scores below 90, I don't see him in standard Tough. for me. No, nah, definitely not. Definitely a draft selection. In fact, in draft last year, he killed me a few times. Uh, Wes uh, had him last year, and uh, for, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, it'll be easy. It's you know Danaher versus uh, whoever knows I had. I, I thought I had it. And he would get me, he got me both times with Danaher scoring well. So he can pop up and win you a game in draft. So good to note. Well, some other ones to keep note of. Uh, I reckon yeah. in the sort of breakout category, I reckon McGrath is one. Yep. Uh, simply because, well, he averaged 70.7 in his first year. 
Uh, I'm putting him in that category because yeah. of how Oliver did with that mid-roll. I think if McGrath plays a little bit more on the mid, he was a fantasy beast in the juniors, and so his course, ratings were just up. just like everyone else this time of year, he's also been touted for more mid-time. And um, I think even uh, Heppel, uh, someone from the, uh, the Dons came the out assistant. and said, the, the assistant. assistant coach came out saying he is ready. Yeah, and he's the one that, he, yeah, he's, he's actually a midfielder. We shouldn't really be playing him in defense. Um, yeah, he's ready and cool. that he was confident that he can win his own ball. Yeah, um, so look, that bodes well. Um, um, I'm a wait and see on him, but I could see why he could slip into someone's D4 um, as that sort of mid-price to take the next level. Um, a little bit like that uh, Lonigan of, of two years ago that unfortunately burned me as well. Um, but he's priced at that point where you can really, you can take a punch in him and look, if it fails after your first few weeks, maybe it's a sideways trade. Hopefully he gets you to that round eight where you can upgrade him to a, 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 a GC or, or port player. Um, as a stepping stone as well. Yeah. So it's about that that role. If his role changes and it becomes a bit more positive, there's no reason why he can't go from a 70.7 up to like a 90, which will put him in that top sort of bracket, at least for acceptable defenders. Uh, yeah. For me, I can easily see him going over 80 in uh, average, which puts him definitely on the radar for draft. Yeah, at 388k. I mean, around that price point, you're looking at Cade Colo, um, maybe about, I think it's about 40k more to go up to Pierce Hanley. Yeah, Hanley. Um, Hanley's at least gone 100 before, and he, well, again, is touted to play midfield. Yeah, so it, it, you know, for that sort of mid-pricer, that D4 bracket, um, there is a couple of guys competing for that spot, and it's it's going to depend on JLT form. Yeah, one to um, watch. Yeah, but definitely one to watch for sure. I'm actually really big on this guy so Darcy Miniguns Parish oh, dude. is how I'm how I'm labelling him he's like a mini crypt <laughs> the guy's got guns that's he does sure. have he, he does and he's look, yeah. look he looks like he's developing his body um, they, love was, him at, they love him at the Dons and the fans love him too and he was a high pick as well he did pretty well I mean he averaged 72 in his first year and that was when the Bombers were a bit depleted with their list um, and he really sort of tried to... He got hammered that year, really put in the deep end. So, yeah. I mean, his body looks a lot better for it. I mean, Watson and Stanton, they've moved on. So I think Parrish, he could actually really move and flourish. Yeah, I mean, he's got two things going for him, but the first is DPP, so he's a, a mid-forward. So at 419k at a mid-forward. Again, he falls into that sort of mid-price, awkward. But I put if, him around the Dugowie sort of mark. It's yeah, possible, very it's, possible. It's possible that he has a breakout, but traditionally, they don't, it's not this at this time of his career. I mean, Petraka's, what, third, fourth year? Petraka's fourth. Um, so same with uh, uh, Dugowie's fifth year, I believe. Um, usually, some people like him that have that big potential to get into the midfield, um, they, they take a little bit more time. However, I do see Parrish as probably more of a midfielder and less of a forward. Yeah, it's usually third year or fifth year breakout. Third yeah. year, you're looking on talent. Fifth year, is that they have the talent, but then opportunity opens up, and then they exactly really right. dominate that. So it, it sucks for him because this year it would have been his, a great year to get on the Parish train. But you've now got Devin Smith, you've got Jake Stringer, you've got Saad coming in to, to push other people out like a McGrath into the midfield. So where is his position going to be this year? Uh, is he even 100% twenty-two mid. every week? One hundred percent mid. Yeah, I sent uh, I sent him a little message to the miniguns. Okay. <laughs> um, this is in no way factual, by the way, in case anyone's listening. But um, look, I, I think I think he'll play midfield. I think there's a role there. I think he was very highly picked, and um, I think he should be on your radar. I think he should be on the radar. Yep, yeah, definitely. Um, and that's and talking about Saad, I, I also really rate Saad, and, and I think that he is the guy to push. McGrath forward into midfield as well. So again, it will depend on how they see him. I, I can't wait to see Saad to Tip to, to Moody. I can't wait. Be to Orazio Fantasia. To, to Orazio Fantasia. Sorry, I can't do BT justice. No, this me point. either. <laughs> 
Um, no one could do him B- BT some justice. Do you see Saad as a defence option? Look, someone who's going to increase his average? I do. I think he'll be more draft relevant. Um, look, I, I think going home and stuff will probably suit him. Um, it might do him well. He's definitely got flair if his hamstrings can hold up. But, you know, I'm, I'm sort of tossing up between him. There's so many around that, that sort of area, in, especially for Essendon. Will they all improve? Will they improve the team? That's yet to be seen. But, you know, yeah. String is another one of those. You bring in him. Uh, he's meant to be playing in the midfield because he's a bigger body than, let's face it, many of the Don's uh, midfield are quite small, like Merritt, small, parish, mini guns. Like, sure, he's putting on size, but he's still pretty small compared. Uh, Heppel is another one, and, and McGrath still got to put on size. And if you're going to put in these guys, they reckon Stringer's bigger and bigger body, so he should help them uh, in the chop out in the midfield. So he's training with them at the moment in the midfield. Uh, doesn't mean he'll play 100% there, but he's definitely sort of working on it. So yeah. I think... With that, uh, with that aside, he should improve his average. I think uh, he didn't play enough in the midfield at the Dogs. I mean, he averaged when he did well, and he got the sort of 80-odd average uh, a couple of years back. He had to kick a lot of goals for that. Yeah, and, he was kicking goals. And I don't so. see him kicking that many goals down at Essendon. Like, he should get a few, but I think he'll have to really hit that midfield role in order to be relevant at all. For yeah, me. I just think there's too much competition for mid-spots this year at Essendon to say, yes, Jake String is relevant this year. I mean, yeah, beautifully priced. I mean, if you look at, at Jake Stringer's price, let's have a look here. Well, look, if he comes out and goes large, I mean, he could explode onto the scene more than yeah. a year kid at uh, graduation. <laughs> That's true. He could. <laughs> um, 356k for those interested in his actual price. Um, it's it's a bit awkward. It's you know, it's it's not like you're going. Well, it's very awkward. You're at graduation. You're young. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. <laughs> yes, it's true. But it is an awkward price. Um, and then, uh, any thoughts on Kyle Hooker? Anything? Any reason why you would think Kyle Hooker could improve? No, no. Staying no. forward. For me, he is not super coach relevant. Almost as much as Brendan never let me kick out again. Got it. Well, I'm actually th- I'm hoping. So with the, this squeeze to midfield, I really hope that Brendan goes behind the ball again, because that's really where his uh, super coach was at the, its peak. Um, I think one year he was 108 at St Kilda. I know it was a long time ago, but um, you know, someone with his experience push him down back. Um, get him as that seventh defender or that that guy that chops out third third man up. Um, well, he's averaged around the hundred for years. Yeah, many 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 years. And every every year, I think he's going to drop. He still holds that high ninety, low hundred sort of average, which just burns you. But um, look, I think you're right. I think there's definitely a role change coming for Goddard. It's not going to help him in Supercoach, though, is it? No, I don't think it does. I think he's getting a bit long in the tooth, to be honest. Yep. They're going to play him in roles that are going to suit the team. I think the team it's likes about to time, play. To be honest, and I think they play fast, they play attacking, and they, they have that flair. And yep. I think Goddard's just a bit slow to be put through that midfield. I think the ball will run past him before he even gets his jets on. Um, yeah, what? Well, I mean, look, I like watching Brendan Goddard cry like everybody else, but I mean, it's only two thousand. Oh, that smother right? though, that <laughs> kick in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, moving on. How much? How much hurt would that have to be? <laughs> I mean, that must have hurt him more than those pretzels coming off the stand. <laughs> I mean, they really true. must have. It was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Dummy spit McGee. It was yeah. Fantastic. So look, I, I think I think you could pick him in draft. I wouldn't be picking him at even averages. He could very well slide down to like a high 80s or low 90s average. Uh, I mean, if you look at the back end of his year in 2017, he only scored one century, so one score of 100 or more in his final eight rounds. And I think that's kind of what you're going to expect from him. Every year, he still does pretty well, but then his his ceiling gets lower and he starts to... He gets you a lot of 80s and 90s scores, but at the same time, I can't see him getting those highs to boost his average, and I see him dropping... uh, He could even drop, yeah, 10 points or more, as far as I'm concerned. Definitely. 
Now, just uh, moving into the rookies, there is a couple of uh, definitely mention. Um, not sure if they're going to get a whole bunch of game time early with all of the new recruits that they got into the field. So it, they're all very much wait and see. Yeah, I'm hoping Francis gets some time, um, whether or not you know he's relevant. But at the same time, I do hope he gets a game. So he's 219,000 as a defender forward. He was pick six from 2015. Uh, yeah, this kid's he's 92 kilos and 193 centimetres. So, look, he's had some bad luck with injuries, but one to keep an eye on. Not at the right price for me, but at the same yeah, time... Definitely, definitely overpriced for yeah, but someone. But at the same up. time, there's not really that many expensive defenders that you would even consider. Um, so, for me, I might even consider him if, you know, no Shea or something doesn't get a leg up and there's something there for him. But, you know, I think there's probably better options. Definitely, 100%. So there's uh, one guy, 123,000 mid, uh, Kobe Much. Um, so he will be contender, particularly after some consistent performances in the VFL last season. So he worked alongside the uh, Joe Watson pretty much to help his game as an inside midfielder, and he should be looked at closely by uh, John Walsfold. So I think he will get games this year. I just don't think it's going to be a round one berth. It might be a great down downgrade target. I would be highly surprised if he starts round one. Um, but definitely one to keep on your radar. I mean, it's a, I suppose it's a, a bit of a much of a muchness, isn't it? Yep, and same as uh, Jordan Ridley. <laughs> I don't know. Much, <laughs> much for muchness. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, Jordan Ridley. Well, Sorry, I thought that was way funnier than it got credit for. Well, so. while, while Chris is enjoying uh, <laughs> enjoying his jokes. Uh, so for those that don't know, self-praise is no praise at all, Chris. So if you laugh no, at your own no, jokes. No one listens to you, Ben. Well, look, <laughs> give, give Chris a shout-out if you thought his joke was funny. Yeah, give us a, give us a like, share, and comment. Much the muchness. <laughs> well, all right. So look, Jordan Ridley, 123,000 defender. He's another bomber that spent time in the VFL in 2017, but was hampered by back injuries in his first three months at the Bombers. So he's a running defender type. So he had a, an ankle injury as well, uh, but they're very confident he could be part of the senior round one lineup. Uh, for me, it will just depend on how they sort of sit and to keep an eye on him uh, as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's definitely opportunity, but um, it's who takes that from the new recruits versus the uh, uh, the seasoned guys that have come across from other clubs. So I'm not entirely sure how their round one's going to sit. Um, so definitely, even their JLT is probably not going to share too much. Yeah, there's a um, lot of changes in a lot of clubs. So yeah. at this stage, we're just sort of giving you the nice sort of round out. Uh, the hospital ward, like we said, Hurley had end-of-season surgery on his hip and his wrist. So keep an eye on that as we progress forward. Devin Smith and his knee, I'm hoping he actually gets on the track a little bit more. Hurley as well. Uh, so not Hurley, uh, Hooker as well. He's still having those issues that kept him out of the finals. So, I mean, yep. that's something that's sort of niggling him. Uh, I still see him playing in the forward line, which kind of, I think, just makes him irrelevant, to be honest. Yeah, Hooker's only valuable in defence and especially valuable when he's playing on Lance Franklin yep. and making those highlight reels. Thanks, Hooker. Yep. So, <laughs> um, But if you look at the draft round out, I mean, some of these, it's going to be very speculative at this stage to sort of say where they sit. I see yep. Devin Smith really pushing up higher in the rankings as far as selection. Um, I think McGrath might also push a little bit higher than his average suggests, just based on the media attention. I think he'll get in a team. Someone will pick him someone, up. Someone it's will not going to be on someone's bench, but um, you know, that's probably where I'd like to have him. I'd like to have him as a bench option. Yep. Um, and but I think probably not going to happen. I think someone's going to pick him up. And I think I'll leave uh, someone else to pick up Joe Danaher. Just um, yeah. Uh, it's just too too uncertain for me. I mean, you know, Goddard's you know again a late mid selection if you can pick it up. I mean, Hurley. I think he'll probably be one of the first defenders, even though I'm not entirely confident of anything that he can do. Um, so, yeah. so for me, it's a it's a pass because he'll probably go to someone else anyway. 
Um, and it's really uh, where Merritt and Heppel sit. Um, Merritt so. and Heppel are probably the two. Merritt should fall in the first sort of five to twelve, uh, depending on what people think. I'd rather him as a vice captain than an actual captain, but at yep. the same time, average suggests he's, just, he's, he's a in second that. midfield. I think it's that ten to twenty bracket. Yep. Um, he'll definitely get picked up unless there is a couple of Essendon fans that we've got that may jump the gun on him. Well, that is true. Um, so we'll see how we go, and then. You've got uh, Heppel, again, uh, he'll probably be taken up early because people think that he's got some amazing god. Yeah, he'll probably be like 5th to 7th round or so. He's yeah. around that average mark, but yeah, we'll exactly. see. We'll see. We'll also give you the draft round out when we do ours on uh, February 17 and let you know who falls earlier than others. Excellent. Um, but, yeah, so thank you for tuning in. That is the Essendon Bombers. Um, yep. And, Next up, um, we got Frio. So we're going to go through uh, basically the only person we're talking about is Nat Five. So it'll only be like five minutes, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, we will go through their, their lineup there. Yes. Thank you again for tuning in, Super Kitchen Insider. Excellent. Cheers, guys. Bye. It may not mean nothing to y'all. Understand nothing was done for me. So I don't plan on stopping at all. I want this shit forever, mine, ever, mine, ever, mine. I'm shutting shit down in the mall. It's selling that girl, she the one for me. And I ain't even planning the call. I want this shit forever, mine, ever, mine.